0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Believe in Victory, a Grand Blue Fantasy versus podcast, and I guess other Grand Blue related things. Um, I am joined for the third time by Vibrating Sheep.
1: Is this actually the third time?
0: Um, well, if you want to get technical, you have joined me three times, so <laughs> there you go. But well, this is the second for the episode, listeners. You only joined me twice. Yes, I know. So. Um, Kind of continuing in the um, what we did last time, I guess last Monday. I also screwed up that podcast. So I had to record that one, but um, you're lucky that Vibrating Sheep decided to come back on, so I don't have to explain all the lore by myself because I forgot most of it even when you're out the other. So, yeah, thank thank Vibrating Sheep, everybody.
1: Well, it's good to be back here,
0: <laughs> but for this time around. You know, since we're kind of just starting over, anyways, we might as well just start from the beginning and talk about uh, Gran and Gita, the main characters of Grand Blue Fantasy. Um, we'll probably do a UL episode uh, some point down the line in December, but for now, we'll, we'll we'll try to be in order. All right, ready when you are. Then. Is there still like kind of like a? I guess we can talk about it now. Is there still kind of like a disparity between how many people use Gran and how many people use Gita in the original game?
1: In the original game, I think it was around like. 60-40 Jita? It wasn't that... Actually, no, it was It was closer than that. I can't remember the last time I saw a poll of it. It was The last time was a poll of, like, Famitsu that I saw, and it was very slightly in favor of Jita that people played.
0: So, Grandblue Fantasy Versus is a bit of a... It is largely related to the story of Grandblue Fantasy, because, I mean, their names are the same, but the gra- story in Grandblue Fantasy Versus kind of... It's kind of a what-if story, right?
1: Uh, it's definitely a what a story. So at the very beginning of RPG mode, it mentions that this takes place after one of the most popular storylines in Grand Blue Fantasy history, which is called What's Make uh, it's called What Makes the Sky Blue. And the story of it took three years for Games to tell, and it's probably the number one candidate to be made into a series of movies like the fans and the actors sort of demand it, and so there's a semi assumption that at some point, if they can muster up the budget for it, they're going to turn that into a movie series. Um, you see, like, a four sentence version of it when you're playing through Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, but suffice to say, it was, like, a good five, six hours of dialogue and content and uh, just a lot. It was a lot. Uh, and Grand Blue Fantasy Versus takes place after that. Partially because Grand Blue Fantasy Versus was developed and like it was conceived at around the same time that this What Makes the Sky Blue um, was uh, was started, and so we'll talk about that in the Bales Above episode actually. So we'll we'll get to that later. But in general, this one is considered uh, this one being Grand Blue Fantasy Versus is considered to be sort of a an alternate universe of Grand Blue Fantasy because, in no universe of Grand Blue Fantasy other than Versus, do Grand and Jita exist in the same place?
0: Ah, uh, that's right. So, yeah, I guess like, um, so fandom aside and Grand Blue Fantasy Versus aside, um, Grand and Jita are supposed to be the main characters, right? Like, but then they're interchangeable and not supposed to be two different characters.
1: Right, so they're basically, if you've like played a Fire Emblem or if you played played like Fallout or something like that, they are the main character. They are a blank template upon which to sort of insert yourself into this RPG story. Um, it's very much like, uh, like I said, Fire Emblem, where you can choose your gender and they're both considered to be the main character. There's no difference between them, but um, there is also no way that the two of them are ever in the same place at the same time. And so that's kind of what makes Grand Blue Fantasy Versus unique. It's also what made Jita's appearance in the Season 1 DLC a little bit of a surprise, because people were just like, oh, I guess since we have Grand, we can't have Jita, even though people were sort of chomping at the bit and, you know, slamming the desk, hoping that uh, uh, Jita would make it in.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I think, um, well, when I saw, like, the way they revealed her, it made sense to me, because they kind of just took each other's places. But in the context of the game itself... Like you can have like a mirror match, and there'll just be some dialogue. That person looks a lot like me, but it probably isn't me. And then whoever wins is the real one, right?
1: Yeah. Grand Blue Fantasy Versus is essentially an excuse plot for being able to have like multiple versions of the same person lugging themselves around. Like the entire point of that unnamed, unpow- like, explained being known as Versus, it's essentially just there to explain why Gran and Jita are there, and also why mirror matches can happen.
0: Mm. Well, there's a mechanic like that in most modern fighting games. I think. I think ever since, Blaze Blue became what it was. Like Blaze Blue kind of done did the same thing where, uh, well, this makes no sense, but that's okay. There's time travel, so that means any number of fights could have happened.
1: You know, and, kind of thing. Yeah. Blaze Blue also officially had like at least three <laughs> characters who were clones of each other.
0: <laughs> Technically, they're biological clones, but not temporal clones. But now we have both. Where like one of the plot characters was teleported from the past into the present and so um, but they shouldn't be dead they should they're dead in the present so yeah so that's that's the level of like well it works anyways guys don't worry about it just
1: try not to think about it too hard this is a fighting game this is yeah. not like a an rpg where linear time and story uh like story flow are very well thought out or anything like that it is it is a fighting game People will be making the punchy hands, the punchy hands, fun.
0: All right. So, with that in mind, uh, and speaking of linear time, I think what we do know is that Gran and Slash Jita's like origin story is um, they are like a nondescript teenager living on a far away far planet or an island far far away, and they are just out there like killing monsters and becoming. Is slowly stronger, but um, until, like, the plot happens, right? And that's, like, their origin story?
1: I mean, they're not even killing monsters. They're they're on a completely, like, isolated rural backwater island. Like, you were trying to bring in the Star Wars analogy with the Tatooine thing, but Tatooine is actually dangerous. And where Grand and Gina start the story is one of the safest places imaginable because uh, their father stashes them there and then goes off to do adventuring. Uh, and then sends them a letter that says, Go, come meet me at this like mystical island of the astrals, Estelucia." And it just says, come meet me. And it's like, how are we going to get there? Like, where do we start? What's going on? And that's when, you know, you can see a summary of this in RPG mode. That's when Catalina and Lyria come in. Uh, and either Gran or Gina, depending on who you are, canonically dies at the beginning of the story and is saved by Lyria. Ah, uh, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're, they're just... They're not even fighting monsters, really. They're just sort of swinging their sword and saying, I'm going to fight monsters someday. It's very like, I'm going to be king of all pirates with One Piece, where it's, it's very aspirational without any real thing to back it up.
0: Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, a lot of stories are like that, where you have a main character that is probably secretly really strong, but they don't know it yet kind of thing. Like, they can unlock their power or something like that. Oh yeah, and uh, mechanically that's
1: sort of how Grand Agena's growth over the story or over just the game is expressed, because uh, so the whole thing about Grand Blue Fantasy, uh, the main thing I wanted to get at here is that it's a very pastiche uh, like reference to sort of the 90s heyday of the Japanese RPG, uh, especially uh, with nods to Dragon Quest and very much Final Fantasy. You can see it a lot of Final Fantasy because they have as their art director um, Minaba Hideo, who is the who's best known for the character designs for Final Fantasy Tactics, and uh, I think Bravely Default, was it? Or, let me, hold on, let me actually look up this before I make a fool of myself. He was not the uh, Bravely Default art director.
0: But Final Fantasy Tactics, I think everyone recognizes. Yes,
1: Final Fantasy Tactics is the main one. Um, and, you know, they also got Uematsu to do the music, so they're very much going for that nostalgia. And part of the nostalgia is this character who can change classes and be your avatar. Like, in Dragon Quest, the main character is always, like, this jack-of-all-trades. In a bunch of Final Fantasies, the main character is, once again, a jack-of-all-trades, or can, like, switch classes, um, and just be very versatile. And that's what Granajita are. They express their power not through any kind of training but just through the ability to learn anything like they in the story can learn to be a doctor in about five minutes essentially of a training montage it's like i'm a doctor
0: now i mean i think like it's supposed to be like you need to spend like the extra like 20 levels like actually learning how to do it or something but yeah the the ability to be doctor-esque is bestowed in like reading a book or like paying attention for five minutes.
1: Right, and so, you know, um, you just can become anything as Graninjita. You can just, like, learn to become a a maestro musician. You can become, like, a world-famous luchador. There's all sorts of things that they can just do in the course of a training montage because their main ability um, is going to be just the ability to, to do whatever they need to as the plot demands. Like, uh, what they are called in the plot is the singularity. And what the singularity basically means is that just weird stuff happens around them. But also, they have this, like, growth potential that everybody pays attention to.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty classic trope of, like, because they have some kind of, uh, like, mystic dad or something, um, or, like, they're uh, secretly a half of a something... Um, in the story that you find out later but to start they just have some like you know ability of some kind and it's not really explained until the rest of the story um but speaking of like kind of old school rpg tropes so um you know as we mentioned before grand slash jita are like an unassuming teenager when the plot suddenly shows up and like um I think you mentioned, like, uh, so Gran slash Jita, they canonically die in the story and they kind of like half fuse with Lyria at that point. Um, I think that's pretty commonly known, but what 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 is that actually?
1: So at the very beginning of the story, you know, um, Gran or Jita are just standing around trying to figure out what to do with this letter from Dad. And then Catalina and Lyria crash land and they're being chased down by this very evil empire. So, you know, once again, all playing into these very. Traditional story beats and story tropes. And then they're chased down, and Gran or Gita try to defend them and are canonically just hit in the chest by a big fire blast and die. And Lyria saves them by merging with them and saying, We share the same life force now. Um, what that actually means, mechanically and story wise, is kind of fuzzy based on who's writing at the moment. Uh, in certain st- storylines when Gran or Lyria um, or Jida are separated from each other they start dying In other times they just are very distressed and have to go save each other like it really just depends on who's doing the writing as to how that's defined uh, early on in the story Lyria would literally disappear and just get sucked into Gran or Jida's body and then only come out when needed they've sort of moved away from that in later writing because it's just weird yeah And so anyway, the point is that um, canonically, you know, there's this uh, young teenager, they're in this backwater, they get pulled into this grand adventure by the arrival of the girl in Blue Lyria, who has all of these awesome and also similarly undefined but fearsome powers, and so she does a lot of the carrying for the early stories. Like, the early stories are very much about her, and then Later on, either Gran or Gita really start coming into their own as time goes on, as they gain confidence, as you know they take down these evil empires and take on ever greater risks and threats and things like that. Um, and one thing that sort of always comes through is just how young and raw Gran and Jita are even as all of this is going on. Like. Sure, there's a lot of comic book time involved. We're in, you know, year six and a half of Grand Blue Fantasy and Grand or Jita are still te- young teenagers and they've been for six, seven years. It's lampshaded a few times. Um, but, you know, it's something that you also see in Arc System Works. They said this in an interview where they wanted to differentiate all of the sword styles for the characters in Grand Blue Fantasy versus... And one of the ways that they did that is that when they animated Catalina and designed Catalina's moves, Catalina only strikes with her sword. Like, she doesn't kick, she doesn't really punch. Like, if she does punch, mm-hmm. she does it with her sword still in hand, and she does sort of strikes with the, uh, the guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, Gran is, like, putting his entire body into the swing. He's, like, swinging so hard, he's spinning himself around. He's, like, jumping up and down. He's punching, he's brawling. Um it's a pretty interesting contrast that they put in there. So it's it it's uh something that still plays out in the story of Grand Blue Fantasy.
0: Right. I think um on that note I think that it's kind of um interesting because that you mentioned that the early story is kind of really lyria focused because I think like as in the beginning part of the story there's kind of a lot of um like the whole like travelling to the next island and picking up the new crew member kind of thing. Um that's probably a product of just, like, kind of getting the story started, right? Like, that's, like, the general flow of the original part of the story. And then eventually it goes towards more towards, like, actually fighting the Empire and stuff, right? Right.
1: So the very beginning of the story is very, like, go to this place, solve somebody's problem, get that person's MacGuffin, which is required to move on to the next island. It's very, like, go to the Fire Temple, go to the Water Temple, you know, that kind of thing for... uh for various RPGs, and it's very paint by numbers, but um, it does introduce, you know, you start with the Tiamat, you go into Colossus, then Leviathan, then Yggdrasil, and then each step along the way you gain a new party member, you sort of learn a little bit more about how the world works, but really it's it's so paint by numbers that they actually kind of gloss over it these days. They kind of just want you to skip straight to the end of the first arc and they go, okay, this is where the writing starts getting good, we swear.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I get it. Like, you know, it's kind of like how like, how like Spider-Man is done these days. Like, we all knew he was bitten by a radioactive spider, so they just like skip over it now. Right. Like, it's not really needed. So I guess it's like, well, you know how RPGs, RPG stories are. We met all these people and we're cool now, so we're just gonna go to the next thing now. Yeah,
1: Here, here's the crew. Let's go. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, it makes perfect sense to me. Let's talk a little bit about the, like, overall, like, the abilities of Gran. Like, we touched upon a little bit, but I want to really get in-depth as to what's going on there.
1: Right. And so, if you've played, say, a Persona RPG, you're familiar with the concept of the wild card, where you've got this one special person. Like, everybody else will specialize, but this one special person has the ability to do anything. And that's what makes them both, like, fearsome and powerful. Uh, That's something that's very... Um, very much about how Gran and Jita are. Like, it. when you see art of Gran or Jita, they're almost always wearing that basic fighter outfit. Uh, Gran has, like, a hoodie with a breastplate on. Uh, the breastplate's pretty funny, by the way, because he starts with just the hoodie, and then he gets shot in the chest. It's like, okay, then he never takes the breastplate off. So, <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, Jita's just wearing, like, a dress with a gauntlet which is kind of goofy when you think about it, but anyway, uh, you see them pretty much in that outfit all the time. Uh, so they're basically set in a lot of canons to being just a regular fighter with some magical backup. Um, however, when you get further in the story, when you get further in the game, uh, as you get into the parts of like the media that are meant to be nods to... The uh, players who've been playing this game for a long time, you start seeing them like growing and getting more powerful and just doing more things. Like we mentioned, them being doctors or um, like bards or great mages. Uh, I talked about just uh, one of the fan favorite classes is just luchador, where they just suddenly, well, in Gran's specific case, he gains about fifty pounds of muscle and about 10 years of age or so
0: (laughs) yeah i mean these transformations are supposed to be they're supposed to be like kind of um like mental but there's kind of like some text that kind of suggests or it could just be like a joke material but it's just like when he changes his outfit he kind of changes his mindset and his like abilities change kind of thing
1: right and then in jita's case they kind of are a little more playful with it where they uh mention a few of them in, like, her episodes of the animated series uh, as if they were costume changes, and then she changes, uh, like, she changes personalities a little bit based on which costume she's wearing, uh, but, like, there's little nods to this uh, all over the place in the media where there's one extra episode where you can just see on a laundry line, like, all of the classes that she has, and they're all very advanced very, like, Known to the player base as being super powerful.
0: Yeah, there's no, there's no dark fencer outfit, is there?
1: No, that's too much armor.
0: <laughs> that's a deep cut for people who used to play the game like four years ago. That uh, costume
1: is so ugly. Unless you really, really love the design of the judges from Final
0: Fantasy 12? 12. Yeah, it's one of them. Um, but yeah, I think um. So you mentioned how like a lot of there in in the actual game like a lot of the other costumes are a lot more famous because you see them more often you don't really see fighter used so much but you know fighter is kind of like the class that we see the most represented in Granblue fantasy versus um does that kind of mean that like in the lore they're mostly just like a stronger like slightly stronger slightly faster human i guess that's kind of left up to interpretation
1: like in the lore for example the animated series the anime um, Gran is very much just getting along with the help of Lyria. Like he'll just sort of jump at things, and like he's mostly using his body and fly, and flinging himself around like a cannonball with a- that happens to have a sword in his hand. And sometimes, so Lyria will help him and like enchant his swords to be stronger or some minor things like that. But basically, he's going along on instinct and gut.
0: I think there's um, there's like a famous anime clip of like Gran about to fight Tiamat and he's like jumping from like rock structure to rock structure and just like flipping around and doing crazy like acrobatics and stuff so I just always assumed that he was like somewhat superhuman I guess like but like within reason I mean his sword got enchanted but that's about it right yeah pretty much
1: you're right um but when it comes to Jita specifically there is a well-known gag that started with the anime where Gita's just more powerful than Gran. Like that same scene where he's jumping from rock to rock and trying to like reach Tiamat who's you know obviously up in the air because she's a dragon, he's bleeding, he's like uh torn up, he's about to just fall. And then when you see Gita do the same thing in an extra episode, she's completely untouched. She's just like, oh I got this. (laughs) And uh like, there's this ongoing gag just for the animated version that whenever Gita shows up, she's doing everything much more easily than Gran is. Like, uh, there's scenes of Gita like, knowing everybody in the cast, whereas Gran only knows the characters who are free to play. And so Gita just has everybody around. Like, she has Lyria summon things to do uh, really menial tasks. Like, there's a part where they just need to reach an island, and there's they're all in swimsuits, and they're just like, well, we could swim there, or we can summon Colossus and ride Colossus's shoulders,
0: and then we stay dry. <laughs> I mean, there's a couple, there's a couple of jokes. It's a pretty layered joke there, like as in, not only is she like more powerful, but she also has access to all these abilities, and also like everyone in swimsuits is like a joke for mobile game people, where like you, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta spin the wheel if you want to get those uh, swimsuits.
1: Right. And then uh, there's actually a nod to this in Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, but only a slight nod compared to the other media where Jeta's like this overpowered goddess. Where in her skybound art, uh, Eternal Ascendancy, her, when her hair turns blue, uh, that blue skin, like, sorry, the blue haired outfit is considered one of the pinnacles of being like a powerful player in Grand Blue Fantasy, the mobile game. Because in order to do that, you have to recruit. 10 of the most powerful characters in the game. You have to undergo their strengthening quest, which, you know, in and of itself also takes months. And you have to do this 10 times. And um, as a reward beyond that, beyond getting like 10 of these most powerful characters in the canon, you have to continue farming and farming and farming and essentially blow all of these extremely precious resources that you can use to either get stronger or just to. Flush them away and get a blue uh, hair dye job, which is essentially what Jean is doing in that Skybound art. She's proving that she has spent all of the time and effort and energy not just getting stronger, but uh, but, but by proving how strong she is by wasting a bunch of it uh, to turn her hair blue and just show off.
0: Yeah I mean that skin is pretty awesome but yeah it's like a minimum like when I thought about doing it when I was playing it's like a minimum of like three to four years or so of like pretty hardcore playtime and they kind of like nerfed one of the things recently to kind of even make it even slower so. Uh, right. they
1: did and they didn't. They've also, like, made it easier over time as well. There's, like, easy recruitment packs and things they've done to shorten the gap between new player and entrenched player. But the point is that it's still something that a dedicated player still requires at least a month above and beyond the previous grinds to do.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, That's, like, the one thing that I th- found, like, really hilarious about Versus. I think they really well incorporated that meme uh, into the game in like a pretty natural way um, I don't think we've really touched on this quite yet but uh, speaking back about like Lyria and like summons um, I know it's not really been explained too, too much in the story yet but we don't really know like how she's able to summon dragons and whatnot yet right besides that she kind of just does
1: right so the way the story explains it is she absorbs a part of a primal beast inside of her and that part of them travels with her and then can come forth on command or need and then you know the actual primal beast itself is usually still active out there somewhere um, like independent of her. The status of that is still a little up in the air like very recently uh, I mentioned that there's a, an arc in the st- Grand blue fantasy story where uh, the main character, either Gran or Gita, and Lyria get separated. Like, Lyria essentially goes to the Grand Blue fantasy equivalent of hell for a couple chapters, and while she's there, somebody explains to her exactly what it means to be the girl in blue to her, and only to her. Uh, the player has not had it explained to them yet because it happens without their knowledge um, away from them. So they still haven't said exactly what it means that she's the girl in blue, but they're also. Explicit instructions earlier in the story that, like, all of the forces in the world should make sure that the girl in blue, which is Lyria, and the singularity, which is either Gran or Gita, because you hear them referred to as that all the time by Baelzebub and Belial in the story uh, of Gran Bufendi's Versus, that they should never come together in the same place. <laughs> and they're like, well, well, crap. This is, this is uh already done so now we have to figure out what's going to happen to the world and some like you can see the uh, traces of that in grand blue fantasy versus where zoe is like the singularity is is so powerful there can't be two singularities like that's her entire thing
0: mm. yeah i think like but yeah for the most part power wise i think it could be understood as like she's like a summon materia thing and then the uh gran is kind of like a i guess he's a I don't know. Like a job changing character. (laughs) I don't really know what they're called. Like a Warrior of Light, I guess? We can
1: call it that. Warrior of Light makes sense to people who've played the original. uh, The original Final Fantasy. And then, I guess, modern Final Fantasies uh, also kind of go back to Warrior of Light. But. um, The thing about Gran and Lyria together, or Gita and Lyria together, is that there's just so much possibility there. Um, And Lyria. Herself is kind of treated like a walking nuke. You can see that in their Super Skybound arts where she summons a dragon and it just, it just blasts all of the surrounding area. Like, it's implied in Cheetah's SSBA that they just blew up the ground and are just busy free falling, going, Well, I <laughs> guess that's
0: that. they just blew up the whole island.
1: <laughs> um, and so it's lampshaded a few times because in a bunch of stories she gets Supermaned where it's like she's just saying, well, I could summon something and blow everybody up, and everyone looks at her and goes, no. No, that's not the solution, dear. Because if you do that, then they're going to try and find their own thing to blow all of us up, and then we're all dead. And so it's one of those things where she's treated story-wise like a walking nuke.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think... um... I think besides that, the rest of, like, the abilities are kind of really more, like, plot and, like, play-centric, right? I know that, like, the stories and so on don't really occur in, like, a straight chronological order or anything, but um, for the most part, we can kind of understand it as, um, like, the main character, because they're the main character, a.k.a. the singularity, um, the plot happens around them, and that's why Grand Blue Fantasy is the way it is. Exactly all right so that's cool um so let's go and take a short break and then when we come back let's go ahead and talk about everyone's favorite which is memes and then memes yeah and then i essentially kind of get it unlock how (laughs) the history of memes has also like changed the development of grand fantasy so that's me your meme archaeologist (laughs) james we uh we coined that last time in a in a discussion no one heard but we'll hear it this time so see you guys in a second We're back and I wanted to talk a little bit about uh memes because that's what everyone likes to talk about. But I think Gramble Fantasy is interesting because like memes are a unique part of the game's history, but also have like I guess like, you know, as you kind of alluded to before, there's some like archaeological meaning to them as like you wouldn't have known that this meme was so significant unless well I guess someone explained it to you. So thankfully Dom is here to explain to us. Um, some of the really important Gran and Jita memes and how they affect the game and how they came to be.
1: So uh, I told you about how the meme for Jita is that she's like the strongest character when she appears. Um, It comes from her various other media appearances where, once again, she's just like the epitome of power through time spent and or money spent. Um, almost all the time when she shows up in the anime, she's in like an advanced class, she's holding a weapon that is sort of an in-joke to players because the players know how hard you have to play in order to get that specific weapon. There's a lot of stuff like that for Jida, and I alluded to that when her hair turns blue, like that's a big part of it. But other memes come around like, the entire reason that Gran and Jida are voiced in the first place, because they were supposed to be silent protagonists to start, uh, they don't actually get any dialogue in Grand Blue Fantasy until very far into the game. and the first time they actually got a voice, it was because of an April Fool's joke. Of all things, it was an April Fool's joke that gave them a voice because they needed to have an excuse to have a bunch of these Grand Blue Fantasy characters singing and dancing. Uh, they did an April Fool's like Idol joke. Uh, they had. Uh, Lyria, and then Gita, and then two other characters, um, only one of whom is even vaguely alluded to in Versus. Uh, if you've seen the picture of Catalina fighting somebody else, that's Vera, uh, and that's one of the other characters who appears like, as an idol in this 2015 April Fool's joke, and in that April Fool's joke, you see Gita and the other girls, and then Gran is their manager, and That was the very first time they were ever voiced.
0: Yeah, I, I, yeah, I I think before that, like um, mascot Vern does most of the talking for Gran and Jita, right?
1: Yeah, uh, Vern does all of the talking in Universe for Gran and Jita because otherwise they're just silent the entire time. Uh, They only ever speak in like occasional narrator things or um, various like. Dialogue choices, like in, you know, those great RPGs of the past, where it just says... Like, all oh, your your dialogue choices almost never mean anything. <laughs> They're always going to say the same thing, but there's going to be, like, different dialogue depending on which one you choose. That style of, like, forced choice. Yeah. But for this e- uh, April Fool's event, and this April Fool's event in particular, they were given a voice so that they could sing and dance. Um, And... By the way, that meme of just creating a f- in-game idol group just to sell a CD—that CD certified gold by the Recording Industry Artists of Japan.
0: I mean, it it did go on to become like elements of that song w- would go on to be parts of other songs too, right? You hear them represented in Grand Blue Fantasy verses too, am I right? Um, not quite. Uh, there is
1: a song. That was released like Grand Blue Fantasy. About once every three months, releases a song uh, sung by one of its characters, and so Grand Jita and Lyria have their own song called "Over the Sky," and that song "Over the Sky" is the one that gets remixed into being Jita's background music, mm. like her theme. Um, what's it called again? Another. It's not called another sky. It's called uh, the same blue sky. The same blue sky. I think so. Yeah and once again that's this nod to um, where Jita's song even comes from which was this 2015 deep cut of a like an april fools joke that has since gained a life of its own and a, a career of its own to be frank with you
0: <laughs> i guess like had that not been received so well we would have we may never have gotten like all these other character image songs right
1: Right, from that same series, like you got Fairy's theme in uh, in verses. It's based on her um, vocal song, which was one of the, another one of the first ones to come out. Uh, it's a remix of one of the like battle themes that's in uh, Grand Blue Fantasy itself. Like Luanne and his bros have their own song. It's a club song, and you can hear that one in Party People when they're uh, uh, they're showing up for the first time. Like it's. There's a lot of just deep lore cuts involved in, uh, all of this Blue fantasy and into Blue versus stuff. Um, but yeah, like it started with this, just one joke that the producer said, Hey, wouldn't it be cool if we got the, all of these, uh, actors and had them play these characters. And then they just kept the casting for everything else. Like Gran and Jita have been that voice since 2015. Like they weren't even cast for anything other than that uh April Fool's joke, but they were just kept for everything else. Well I can't say that they were only cast for that. They were probably contracted with the idea that they would be coming back to the role in the future. But anyway, the point is
0: Yeah, I mean they were uh they were um pretty much set in at that point, I would say. Because like, even though like, you know, Lancelot and Grand Cher, like a voice actor, <laughs> I think like maybe wasn't super well thought out, but Right. Uh, part of it
1: was because they were uh, well, at least for uh, the voice actor for Grand, he was there and he was probably willing to just continue working on Grand Blue Fantasy until whenever they decided to hit the like hit whatever stop that they'd uh, originally planned. Like, I don't know if they've even actually planned any kind of ending. Like their the line that they stick to is that they want Grand Blue Fantasy to go for at least six more years, mm. uh, but they want it. And if it can go longer than that, then great. But, you know, their stated goal uh, is that they'd like to make it last 12 years, uh, and then they'll see what happens from there. And so, yeah, they were maybe they were actually thinking that far ahead. I don't know if they were thinking, hey, we'll make a fighting game and you can voice this character at this fighting game, but it was something that they could have considered.
0: Yeah, maybe. I mean, you never know, because I do feel like Granblue Fantasy as a franchise has branched out a lot, Mm -hmm. so that could have always been the plan. And maybe that was just one of those things where, I mean, um, he does have a lot of range, the voice actor does. So that's one thing that could have been taken into account at the same time. True. Uh, But speaking of that, um, I would like to talk a little bit about like, um, I guess it's called Alter Ego, the like the black, red and like really pale skin skin.
1: Okay. All right. So, yeah, we were talking about this a little bit ago. It's a super deep cut. So you have to start. With the casting of uh, Ono Yuki as, as Gran, um, he was Lancelot before. He also is a boss in just, uh, he's just a random boss who has like five lines or something like that as well, because he was already in the studio, they said here, and they handed him the script for Sagittarius, and like, he's like, okay, sure, uh, you're already paying me for my time here, so there's no harm in me just saying some more lines, whatever, and so... um. When they got him to be one of the faces of the game, like uh, Ono Yuki, the voice of Grand, the voice of Lancelot, he appears every time that there is a Grand Blue Fantasy live stream. Uh, uh, they do three major live streams a year. They bring him out to all of the Grand Blue Fantasy Fest, like big events. Uh, and when it came time for him to really understand the game in order to become its ambassador. Uh, he asked for advice on essentially how he should play the game, and he was told the easiest way to play this game right now is to play through every single fight in the game as dark. And so he really leaned into it. Like, he became well known for being a dark lord. Like, he invested a whole bunch of money into this weapon called the Gisla, uh, which gives you more attack as your health gets low. Is it? It actually, in Grand F- Fantasy versus the
0: Gisla, uh, the Gisla. Let me see. It would probably be one of Zeta's weapons if it was, right? So right. There. But yeah, I remember that when um there was like a huge like you know I played the that era of like dark, what being the best for a lot of reasons like uh it was the best like DPS color if you will, it was the best. Um, it had like a lot of like really overpowered characters at the time.
1: Uh, just. You know, maybe like a a Zoe, for example, that might have been really (laughs) overpowered at the time.
0: But... Something like... Oh, yeah, yeah, So I looked it up. Uh, Gisla is one of her weapons.
1: Right. So uh, it's one of her weapons. I I remembered that, too, a little bit later. But, yeah, uh, the Gisla is this super powerful uh, early game weapon, um, but it's also super meme status. Like, so... In Grand Blue Fantasy, just like in Versus, you have a maximum of 11 weapons. A main hand, and then... Or, uh, 10 weapons. 10 weapons, I'm sorry. Uh, um, You have a main hand, and you have 9 sub-weapons. Onoyuki was like, alright, I've leaned into this so so hard that my main hand, that's a Gisla. All 9 of these other weapons, those are Gislas too. And as time went on, he made it his stated goal to fill an entire inventory page with these Gislas. And so uh, every time they would show stats, like whenever it comes to these kinds of uh, streams, you know, they're very invested in saying, this player has gotten this powerful. Like these are the things that people are doing. That's that, you know, look at how crazy they are wild. And every time the stat came up of who had the most of a certain weapon, it was him. It was always him. (laughs) It was never not him. Uh, and it became well, – actually, there, sorry, I, I was misspeaking. There was exactly one time when it was not him, and he took it as an insult. <laughs> and so he came back the next time, and he's like, ha-ha-ha, I am the true lord of these Gislas. And it's a huge meme in the community for not just this, but uh, there was actually a vote once. Um, and, you know, as in the way of internet votes, uh, when you pull the fan base for something, they will – the biggest meme possible there have been three three hug pillows that are officially grand blue fantasy uh merchandise uh the very first one was vera the second one was narmea and then the third one was left up to fan vote and if you know your fan votes uh and you know the legends of things like Bodie mcboatface and whatever then you know that people will zero in on the stupidest joke and then Propagate it to being number one number one when it came to the Vote to see what would become the next very sexy hug pillow in Grand Blue fantasy merchandise uh, They narrowed it down to four things. So they narrowed it down to a female character and it was Cagliostro Um, She was very popular at the time. She's still very popular now for most popular male character at the time it was Percival um, and That's also part of why Percival's in Grand Blue Fantasy Versus. He continues to be one of the top, like, five male characters in that game to this day. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. There was a primal beast that they picked, and that primal beast was Benito, which is literally just a very large tuna.
0: Yes, indeed.
1: And then uh, they chose a weapon, and the weapon was Gisla. And so, (laughs) meme lords being meme lords, they... Voted for the Gisla, and so to this day in Grand Blue Fantasy merchandise, occasionally you can step into a store and see that there is a hug pillow that has a spear on it. That's it. That's the hug pillow. It's it's not particularly lewd or anything like that. It is, it it's it's a spear on a it's pillow. They just
0: took the P- they just took the PNG out of the game and just they just made it bigger. <laughs> they took
1: two PNGs out of the game. If you know your hug pillow lore, you know that one side is usually fairly clothed and the other one is uh like. In a state of undress of some kind to make it sexier, um, the Gisla. One side is the plain version that you pick up, and the other side is the upgraded version it becomes when you've invested a lot of resources and levels into it.
0: Oh.
1: <laughs> wow! So anyway, that's that's part of the lore. That's that's the yeah. first the first layer of this lore. So we have Ono Yuki, the voice actor of Gran. And you have his like unending love, or at least his professed love of this one spear. Like he will pull it out whenever anyone even mentions the word dark near him on these official Grand Blue Fantasy um, streams. Like he will, he keeps one in his pocket. And in the COVID era, uh, they one of the events that they had to cancel. They did stream instead, and they gave him a replica life-size Gisla to use to measure social distancing. So, like, they just handed him a replica spear, uh, just 3D-modeled, very high-quality craftsmanship and everything, and he was just carrying it around for a good, like, two, three minutes of a stream. Uh, so he's, he's well-known as being, like, the Lord of Darkness. Um, and then this leads into a live-streamed um, stage show they did uh, way back in the earlier days and it was the character designer uh, Minaba Hideo and he was in the background saying oh yeah sure I'll draw something that stream chat suggests and we'll show the results at the end and because Ono Yuki was on stage and because meme lords are meme lords the number one request was a gran who has fallen to darkness and Ono Yuki's like this wasn't my suggestion. I'm just letting all of you know that. And so he comes in. Uh, they, they do the show as normal. Um, he, Minaba's uh, drawing the entire time. At the end of the hour, what he's come up with is what we now know as the alter ego conjurer. Uh, it is Gran, but his hoodie, instead of being blue, is now black. His like dirty blonde hair is all pale white. His eyes are red. Um, and there's this like puppeteer-looking evil spirit behind him pulling his strings. And Ono Yuki looks back. He looks at the camera. He goes, "That's not me, guys. That's not me." <laughs> and you know it, it, that sat around as a sketch for a good two years. Uh, it was just grand, um, and this sort of concept design. And people were demanding for years, for all of those years, to to just see that. Again, they're like, we want to see this again. We want to see Gran in his like fallen form, but we also want to see Gita in that. Uh It took like an art book a year later for them to see the Gita design for it, which is the same thing where like her pink and white dress is now black, her hair's white, her eyes are red, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then they made it an unlockable outfit in the game based on like a Belial quest line, actually, like. It's suggested that he's giving you the uh, the ideas and making you to like succumb to power, blah blah blah. But uh, that color scheme, which is everybody's what, fifteen? I think it is, or fourteen or fifteen, in uh, in Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, comes from this entire storyline of the actor for Grand being a huge meme lord when it comes to continuously buying this one spear every time he has the opportunity to, and just raising it up. He has over 20 of them. Uh, like, you only ever need 10. He met his goal. <laughs> then he, he, met his, he met his goal, for sure. And he's just like, you know, the reason I did this is because the Gisla is a weapon that you equip in your heart. You can't, I can't equip these in my grid anymore, but I've equipped them in here, and he just pats his chest.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's crazy how, like, someone who basically, like, is the face of the game, comes to, like, become, like, a living meme in the game, and then that meme becomes, like, a part of the game's lore to some extent, right? That's pretty crazy. It's, like, you don't really see that too often in games in general, but I guess, like, being an online game is where you can kind of see it go from something completely innocuous to, like, something that is, like like, straight up a core part of the game. Not every character has a piece of that color.
1: Yeah, everybody now has to, from the beginning of Grand Blue Fantasy versus 2 whenever it's done has to have that black with white hair and red eyes color scheme. Uh and once again, like it started as just this random joke uh that the actors leaned into and then the staff leaned even further into.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's one of my favorite things about the franchise as a whole is that um the di- the deeper you dig, like, the more interesting it gets a lot of these times. Like uh you mentioned before there was Um, You know, how they voted the Gisla as like the hug pillow. You know, this is not unprecedented. This is a fan base where I think every three months or so, they voted for uh, like the Eshar, like the the dick mushroom for like the winner of like the popularity poll. And they did it so often that they had to retire the mushroom. They
1: 100% had to retire that mushroom. But like, it it has been sent to the Hall of Fame. Please no longer vote for the mushroom. You are not allowed to. We would like somebody else to win this poll.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 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 crazy when you think about like just how much history this game has and how like, you know, it's it's really a part of the lore at this point just what some of that history is and I'm glad we could explore a lot of it. Um there is definitely a lot more like why is Gran a bird in this skin? Why is he like a weird like centipede in this skin? Um you know, why is he a member of the Survey Corps in this skin? Like, there's really a lot to go. I mean, I mean, people have seen the Street Fighter skin too, right? So, oh yeah. Uh, um.
1: So, do you want me to get into any of those? I, there's there's long stories about each of these. Like,
0: oh, I'm sure there is. But you know, we're at an hour now, so um, we're gonna go and do stop Grand Slash Gita Part One today. Um, there'll probably be Part Two where we talk about um, what makes the sky blue and like what are the current ongoings in the store and then of course we'll circle back around to the memes but i think this is a good stopping point for now i think we've uh wet our um audience's appetite for grand blue history and for grand blue character lore but um yeah what anything else you want to get into before we go
1: uh i think that's good when we get into what makes the sky blue i think is where a lot of things will uh will change about sort of how people view the game and its story, because that's a, a big turning point in Grand Blue Fantasy's history, really.
0: Yeah, it was. I remember that's kind of where I think a lot of people start to take the story more seriously. And, you know, you could have a character be a part of like a longer narrative. And so that's definitely something I want to spend like more time talking about at some point. But um, for now, um, this is a replacement episode once again that we had to kind of re record. And hopefully we're able to capture at least maybe even 50% of that magic we had last time. but. Um, All right, listeners, hold shade
1: to this. You would like to know about the centipede and the bird. <laughs> All right. That's my message to you, oh, faithful listeners.
0: Exactly. And so um, on that note, um, as always, you can send us messages, anchor.fm. xiei You can leave a voice message. If you have a question for Dom about Grand Blue Lore. Or you just want to talk a little bit about something. You can always send it in, and I'll play it for him. Um, if you have a question for me, I don't, I can't answer any of them, but I'll be sure to listen to them if you'd like to send them to me. Um, but yeah, I think that'll do it for today. Um, it was a great time talking to you again. Um, you know, hearing it all again, it really just, uh, reminds me how like epic in like a lot of senses of the word this franchise is.
1: Well, cool. I'm glad to share a little bit of the love for it.
0: Yeah. So, and so as always, you can find Dom and his work at Granblue underscore EN on Twitter. Uh, Granblue radio airs every Thursday at twitchtv slash vibrating sheep. Uh, anything else you'd like to plug today? Um, seriously, though, ask about the (laughs) bird. okay. (laughs) All right, guys, we'll catch you guys next time, and um, I guess send in those messages, and we'll see you guys next time.
1: All right, talk to you next time, everybody. Thanks for listening.